Blog Talk Radio. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Another edition of the F- the Master Plan. I am JT, aka the Master. Sorry for the delay. And as always, on the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on a fine Sunday morning, in the last weekend of March. Yes, people. Next weekend will be the beginning of April. One step closer to the NFL draft which is about 30 30 days away, give or take a day. It's about 30 days away where the guys that were playing on a scholarship in various NCAA football teams will get selected to a team where they'll display their professional wares and also the professional talents to help their respective teams possibly win uh, a Super Bowl. 
Very interesting time that we are in now. Free agency has been in since uh, March 9th. Most of uh, the free agents that are going to be signed have been signed. There's still a lot of name, maybe not an ability, but a lot of name athletes out there, particularly running backs, that uh, uh, are still trying to find a home, still find, trying to find a, a, a team that's willing to take a, uh, their contract on. Looking for that one last chance, one last contract, I should say. Before, just like older players in the past, fade off into the sunset and uh, deal with the rest of their lives outside of football or not playing football on the field. Let me put it that way. They may be still involved with football, but maybe not physically on the field. Playing. Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles, LeGarrette Blunt, to name a few. Guys that have made a name for themselves in the, in the past, either by age or, excuse me, either by a combination of age or injury in age, have come to this point where they're trying to find a job rather than teams falling head over heels trying to, trying to get them to sign the contract to their respective teams. But there's uh, 32 teams out there that are in need of players, whether it's on the offensive or defensive side. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Rather, on the offensive-defensive side, that need players, need fresh blood, need new, younger players. And um, the players are out there to be taken to the upper management, GMs, coaches, uh, player personnel, scouts, and the like, to rate those positions, rate those players, I should say, at whatever positions uh, they play, and make a determination where, if any, they can grab the player they desire the most or the next best choice. Oh, the, the catchphrase, best player available. And it's all on the GM's and players, excuse me, and GMs and, and, and um, scouts, like I say, player personnel, uh, the coaching staff, and the like, to make those determinations. Okay, if you've listened to the FSP show, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Saturday, yesterday, where Vic was the co-host, excuse me, Vic was the host, and I was the co-host of that show. That's every Saturday. That, then you know... Today is um, going to be the Masters 3.0 mock draft, 2017 NFL draft. I did January, did February, and since this is the last weekend in March, and I promised to do one in March, and I really didn't, if I did one earlier, and I can't recall if I did or not, 
I didn't fulfill it 1 through 32. Well, today, no matter how long it takes, we're going to go 1 through 32. Cleveland has two picks. New Orleans has two picks in this in this draft. <clears throat> this is not going to be with any 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 traits. This is the draft as it is as it the order is right now. <clears throat> One through thirty-two. Like I said, New Orleans has eleventh and thirty-second pick. Cleveland Browns have the first and um. 12th pick, and the Tennessee Titans have the 5th and 18th pick. So there's a few teams that have two picks in the first round of the draft. Let's see how we can make out or how I see it. Some of these players, I think, are going to go to ideal spots or spots that need to be filled for the respective teams that draft them. I'll give a brief explanation why I think they're going to go there. All right. Let's have some draft music. What do I want to play? Oh, you know what? Let's play this. For those who don't know, that's Brutus Mars, one of his latest hits, 24 carat, 24K. Let's get this ball rolling. All right, let's hit the first one on the number one pick. What do you think the Cleveland Browns are going to do with the number one pick? The consensus number one pick, and I'm not going to buck, buck the, uh, uh, the consensus on this one. is that the Cleveland Browns select from the University of Texas A&M a defensive end 270 something pounds and ran a 4 6 I think it was 4 5 whatever it was Miles Garrett can't go wrong taking the best player in the draft with the first pick I think this guy is going to be a beast Cleveland needs help on a defensive end. Needs help rushing the, rushing the passer. You got Ben Roethlisberger. You got um, Joe Flacco. And you got Andy Dalton. Not to say that two or the three are, have a prolific passing attack, but you do need guys that can rush the passer and, and play well in the um, run game on the defensive side. 
Miles Garrett fits that bill. The number two pick, and it's ironic, these two, two teams have a plethora. They still have a lot in cap space. Um, Cleveland having the most, San Francisco having the second most. And ironically, they pick one, two in the draft. So with capable leadership in the front office, especially in this draft, especially in this draft, not just the first round, but every round after the first round, the next six rounds, where uh, Cleveland has a boatload of picks. I think they have two or three picks in the second round alone. Besides the, the two picks they have in the first round. That these teams should be able to improve themselves quite, uh, uh, should be able to improve themselves considerably. Uh, San Francisco is extremely active in the uh, free agent market. I think they picked up at least a half a dozen players in the free agency. <clears throat> a quarterback, wide receivers, uh, and some um, defensive guys. <clears throat> so I think San Francisco, at number two, still looking on the defensive side of the ball. Because, you, you know, you don't have a franchise quarterback, so to speak. And... For years, recent years, the staple of the San Francisco 49ers was the um, the defense. And they need to show up their defense. Cleveland took a defensive player. San Francisco, I think, in turn, takes a defensive player. Before I say that, I've been saying this for years. Ever since... The Seattle Seahawks won the Super Bowl. Bill, have a solid defense. Have an overwhelming defense. Causes you not to have a Tom Brady, even though Tom Brady won this Super Bowl. Um, Or Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning or someone like that. <clears throat> but just a serviceable quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over and makes sound decisions when he has the ball in his hand. I think that San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan is trying to get that done. Now Kyle Shanahan is an offensive-minded coach. You saw what he did with the Atlanta Falcons. You saw what he did when he was with the Denver Broncos. You saw what he did when he was with the Washington Redskins. So I'm thinking he he, he wants to build the defense up um, and get this defensive player. And um, he got offensive players in the free agency. I'm pretty sure he's going to go for more offensive players in, in, in the free agency. But he nailed the Excuse me, he needs to shore up his defense. He's dealing with the Arizona Cardinals. He's dealing with the Seattle Seahawks. And an up-and-coming team, as in the uh, Los Angeles Rams. He doesn't want to be left on the outside with no with a bad defense uh, or a not adequate defense to match what those teams in his division have to offer. 
So he picks up Solomon Thomas out of Stanford, a defensive lineman. The 49ers don't need another big body in the middle, but Thomas is the top player on the board. Like I said, the best player available. And gives him another uh, defender to anchor a defense that's on the rise. And I think that's what they need. I mean, what I'm saying is this. Now, he may not get his starting quarterback right away from the draft. They may go later in the draft, which I do believe, and grab a quarterback. But for all intents and purposes, they want to show up the defense, which makes sense, and um, know that there's not a quarterback in this draft that is of starting material, in their opinion. So they get a, a bridge quarterback, as in Brian Hoyer. And bring in a young quarterback, wherever part of the draft they decide to take one, and groom him for the next one or two years to take over. That's how I think the philosophy is. The Chicago Bears have the number three pick. And they need some help on the backside of the defense. A safety, free safety, strong safety, whatever. They need some type of enforcer in the backside of the defense. So what do they do? They take a safety out of LSU. Someone that is uh, probably the best safety depending on um, your opinion and many scouts' opinion, the best safety in this draft class. And that's Jamal Adams out of LSU, safety. That's how I see that. Then we go to the (coughs) Jacksonville Jaguars with Gus Bradley as their coach. Defensive-minded coach even though they have break portals and some very outstanding wide receivers and a a very good passing attack, uh, they need to limit the the amount of times Blake Bortles puts the ball in jeopardy by passing the ball. Not to say that he can't pass it, but he has the tendency to turn the ball over, throwing it quite a bit. Now, he shored up his defense considerably with a very young um, defensive players. I'm pretty sure he's going to add some more strong defensive players in this draft. They did early in the draft last year, <clears throat> and um, um, they'll probably do it in the outside of the first round, do it again. But the problem, one of the problems they have, and if you're going to be a defensive-minded coach and play defense and um, have what a somewhat different type of offense than you've had in the last few years with Blake Bortles throwing the ball over the field because your offensive line or your running backs weren't effective enough, then you have to change that. You have to change that with some personnel. Now, I know they have T.J. Yeldon. I know they have... Uh, Chris Ivory, both those guys have flaws. 
Chris Ivey can't seem to – neither one of these guys can't, can seem to stay healthy. Uh, T.J. Yeldon is better in the passing game than he is in the running game and vice versa for Chris Ivory. If you listen to yesterday, if you listen to any of my programs <coughs> that I've been on, excuse me, excuse me for a minute. Whether it's been the FS pre-crew show, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Thursday night every week, or like I said previously, the FSP show, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Saturday afternoon, or even on this past programs. I've said one of the things that are strongest in this draft are running backs. Besides wide receivers, uh, defensive linemen, and, and any, any, all phases of the defense, front side, middle, and backside of the defense. Weakest part of this draft is offensive linemen and quarterbacks. That's that. It's in my opinion. That's offensive linemen. There may be some few offensive linemen, but overall, offensive linemen and quarterbacks are the weakest link in this draft. Defense is really strong, <clears throat> along with wide receivers, running backs. And really, tight ends. A lot of, lot of fresh tight ends with a lot of, lot of ability, uh, athletic ability coming out this year, too. Should be an exciting year for um, when the offense supplies the ball. Not to say the defense won't be either. But defensive players, you better be on point. You better be on point because there's some offensive players coming in that's going to make you look bad if you're not ready. Present. And new defensive players, uh, um, I should say established and new defensive players, you better be ready. Otherwise, you're going to get it handed to you. All right. Let's get back to the draft. Jaguars want to lean more on a run-heavy offense. Defensive-minded coach said this back in the past when Seattle won a a Super Bowl. It's a copycat league. This is the formula. You run the football, play sound defense, and take shots um, and play action. Uh, that's a good good formula to um, not protect your quarterback. Let me put it that way. And the Jaguars in, in dire need to alleviate the pressure on Blake Bortles to having to make a play. So you need an effective running back. Some had um, other running backs other than what I'm going to say that the Jaguars are going to take, uh, but he's from a a SEC school. Uh, He's one of the leading running backs in this draft. Uh, And depending on who you talk to, he's one, two, or three. And I say he's the first one off the board to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that's Leonard Fournette from LSU. They want a bruising back that can also catch the football. Not to say that none of of these other running backs are going to be involved, but I think Leonard Fournette can be a three-down back. Definitely a two-down and three-down back. Didn't catch the ball out of the backfield all that much compared to some of these other running backs, but he doesn't have hands of stone that he can't do it on on an effective basis and be a three-down back. Bruising back, uh, and I think Leonard Fournette 
would fit ideally with the Jacksonville Jaguars and what they want to do, changing the offense up from a pass-happy offense to a run-heavy offense and, and take, like I say, take the pressure off of Blake Bortles. Let's move on to the uh, uh, fifth pick, Tennessee, one of two Tennessee's picks uh, that they have. They need help in the backfield, backside of this defense. Now, it's Tennessee, Indianapolis, Texans, and um, the um, Jacksonville Jaguars. My opinion, and this is my opinion, they need uh, some help on the backside of their defense. Their defense wasn't that bad last year, believe it or not. Their defense was not that bad, uh, um, but they need help in the back backside of that de- defense. Cornerback, um, and I think with this pick, with the, with the type of receivers that they have in the AFC South, they need they need some cover corners. They need some cover corners. So I think the Tennessee Titans take Marshawn Lattimore, a cornerback out of uh, Ohio State who has some real good cornerbacks and safeties coming out this year. Wouldn't surprise me. And we'll, maybe we'll see it. We'll see because I'm going down at all 32. That those guys on the backside of that Ohio State, Ohio State defense that played this past year will get picked two, three, Guys get picked up in the first round. Wouldn't surprise me. We'll see. We'll see. We move on to just the up the highway from where I live in um, MetLife Stadium, where one of two teams have the num- number six pick. That's the New York Jets. Problem with Mo Wilkerson or Sheldon Richardson may rear its ugly head again, one way or the other. They need help on the defensive side, defensive end side of the ball. I mean, defense side of the ball. Now, the Jets need help. They need help with quarterback. They do need help because they, they, the offensive line needs help. Uh, but like I said, the offensive line here is um, uh, um, players aren't as strong as the defensive players. So, And, and you have talking about a defensive-minded coach in Todd Bowles. So he wants to shore up his defense and get a, get an effective pass rush because you're dealing with Tom Brady, Tyrod Taylor, a very mobile quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. You got to be able to rush the, the passer, try to negate the other team's passing attack. So I'm thinking from the University of Alabama, the New York. Jets pick select at uh, uh, number six, Jonathan Allen, defensive end, like I said, from the University of Alabama. They need a guy that's been under, uh, uh, they need a guy that's been under a highly disciplined um, program like Alabama uh, with a no-nonsense coach like uh, Nick Saban, and a high-character guy like Allen, 
to help improve this defense. Plain and simple. Help improve the defense. All right, let's move on to the number seven pick, which it happens to be the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, it's the Los Angeles Chargers. No longer San Diego. Been like that for decades. And I talked about another Ohio State uh, player, uh, defensive player in the backside of that Ohio State defense going. Uh, more than one going in the first round. The Chargers could use a true center fielder in the middle of the defense that have uh, uh, great instincts and ball skills. And if you watch any of Ohio State's games, especially when they were playing on defense, uh, then you were able to see one of these guys that has, has that outstanding uh, crazy instincts and, and great ball skills in Malik Hooker, safety from Ohio State. Ball hawk, like I said, he has great instincts and would benefit, uh, uh, would, would uh, uh, help the Los Angeles Chargers in their quest um, to compete, especially on a pass defense. You have to think about this. They have to go up against Emmanuel Sanders, Demetrius Thomas, Demarius Thomas uh, from um, the Denver Broncos. They have to go up against the uh, Jeremy Macklin and uh, Jeremy Hill and Travis Kelsey from the Kansas City Chiefs. They would have to go up against Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree, and more than likely they're going to get a um, very athletic tight end in, in, in uh, Raiders. So they, they have to have strong backside defense. I'm talking about the Los Angeles Chargers. And Malik Hooker is absolutely great pick at number six. I mean, seven. All right, let's move on to the number eight pick, which is the Carolina Panthers, who made a dramatic fall from grace compared to 2015 when they were in the Super Bowl. They go to... Uh, they need a pass rush. Well, look who they have in their division. Drew Brees. Jameis Winston. And I'm trying to think who the other guy is. Let me see. Tampa Bay. Uh, Carolina. New Orleans Saints. Who am I leaving out? In the NFC South. Who am I leaving out? Who am I leaving out? Oh, Matt Ryan. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Unbelievable how I got just brain lock right there. They need a pass rush. They need to put pressure on the quarterback. With those, play, with those quarterbacks, with those big-time quarterbacks, Damian Swinson, I think, was number 13. He was in the top 15 quarterbacks this past year. You know what Matt Ryan and Drew Brees can do. You need a pass rush. Teaming up with Julius Peppers, but it's an older Julius Peppers. Um, this, the Derek Barnett defensive end from Tennessee can learn from one of the best in Julius Peppers and possibly take that 
defense, along with Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis in the, in, the, in the second level of that defense, oh, boy. I wouldn't want to be the other three quarterbacks in that division going up against the Carolina defense. With those two players, Julius Peppers and Barnett on, on ends, with Keekley and Davis in the middle, oh, boy. Wow. That's what I can tell you. Now, this pick, I'm, 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 this is number nine. And number nine, I'm taking this pick purely on ability. Um, but I've gotten questions, and I've heard questions about his football IQ. But on pure ability, this guy, even though he had issues at the NFL Combine and may have thrown up a red flag on his attitude-wise, and ironically, it's going to a team that had attitude problems in the past uh, on both sides of the, uh, of the football, defense and offense. But I think they need the, the help from this guy. I mean, they um, are in the league, like I said, with um, – Ben Roethlisberger and, and Joe Flacco. So they're contending with pa- a- capable pass rushers and with guys that um, – teams that can rush the football in Cleveland. Believe it or not, Cleveland's a pretty good rushing team with Isaiah Crowell and company. Quite naturally with Le'Veon Bell with Pittsburgh, and they're going to have uh, um, Danny Woodhead and company and Kenneth Dixon when he comes back off of injury uh, – not injury, but suspension – and whoever else they add in the draft, um, they need help in the second tier of that defense. I'm talking about linebacker Reuben Foster from the uh, University of Alabama. Who's nasty. He's got a nasty attitude, and, and, and uh, they need that in the middle of that defense. They need that in the middle of the defense. Now we go to pick 10. And pick 10 is the Buffalo Bills with a inconsistent and injury-ridden, and he's coming off of foot surgery, so we don't know exactly how he's going to be when he comes back or how long he's going to be affected with Sammy Watkins I'm talking about. So they, I would think they, they want to take a playmaker to help Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor is a great deep ball thrower. Not to say this guy is just going to be doing that. Um, I think he can he can run all the, the routes on the route tree. Big big wide receiver. Um, we played with Deshaun Watson and won the national championship this past uh, college football season. Talking about wide receiver Mike Williams. Um. They need a number one wide receiver uh, if Watkins is not available. Sammy Watkins is the number one wide receiver, but he can't seem to stay on the field. That's the problem. Can't seem to stay on the field. And maybe Mike Williams from wide receiver from Clemson can um, take the pressure off as some more Flash to the defense and give Tyrod Taylor an added needed weapon. 
Robert Woods, Marquise Goodwin are all are both gone. And they need a wide receiver. And that guy's going to have to pick up the defense, excuse me, pick up the offense quickly because he's going to be used. He comes tenth, he's going to be coming 10th in the, in the draft. They are going to need him right away. Now, it's he's a rookie wide receiver, and some rookie wide receivers don't take, but they need this guy to take it, absolutely take it. Take to the coaching and be able to understand the NFL concept and, and put it to use and make dynamic plays for the Bills to contend with the Miami Dolphins, the New England Patriots, and not so much Jets, even though the Jets are in the division. The main contenders, the main contender uh, to, to win a division like they've been doing for, the, for, for God knows how long, New England Patriots, followed by the Miami Dolphins, and then the Buffalo Bills, who haven't been in the playoffs in a while. But they need weapons to compete. Let's go to number 11. Second of two picks, I mean, first of two picks for the uh, New Orleans Saints. Everybody who's followed the Saints or watched the Saints play know what their problem is. It's not on the offensive side of the ball. It's always been on the defense for ever since they, ever since they won the Super Bowl. After that, their defense has gone downhill. Downhill. They need help at all three levels um, right now. Um, and because they're in the league that they're in with Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, and Matt Ryan, you need help on that backside defense. Now, they, they may be able to get Malcolm Butler, but they still need help back there. They still need help back there. You can never have too many corners. And if you want to improve your defense, which the New Orleans Saints wants to do, they need to pick up Tredavis White, a cornerback from the LSU, who has the potential to be a number one cornerback. Even even a solid number two if Malcolm Butler gets there. I mean – they need help on the backside defense playing against those uh, court quarterbacks. Absolutely need help. Now we go to the second pick in the first round for the Cleveland Browns. Now you know Hugh Jackson loves to run the football. Staple. Hugh Jackson, wherever he's gone, has had an effective running game Um. And I think he's going to have another running game. So am I saying he's going to have another effective running game this year? Now, am I saying that he's going to grab in a running back? No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying, he's going to have an effective running game. Now, Cleveland did a lot of work to shore up their offensive line to protect whoever is going to be quarterback, but not only to protect the quarterback, to be solid in the running game. Now, you need a tight end to be solid in the running game. You need a, a tight end, that, an athletic tight end, and why not get the best tight end on the board this year 
out of all the tight ends that are coming out, this guy is projected to be all world. Can run block and definitely athletic enough to catch the football. Big uh, with speed and quickness to the line, in the lineup. That's what you want to add on, in a tight end. And why not O.J. Howard, tight end from the University of Alabama. Now, we've already taken three guys. Um, uh, we've been hitting the SEC pretty heavily here. Just think about this. We took two guys from LSU, third and fourth uh, um, from LSU. Three guys, when you count uh, uh, O.J. Howard, from the University of Alabama. And I'll correct myself. We took three guys from LSU. Two, three guys from Alabama. And uh, uh, one from Clemson. In the first 12 picks. Dominated by the SEC. Now we move on to the number 13th pick. Now, I think... The Cardinals, who had the 13th pick, had a disappointing year, um, had a very inconsistent year, lost some tough games, had uh, inconsistent quarterback play. And am I, am I saying they're going to take a quarterback? No, I don't think they're going to take a quarterback. But it wouldn't surprise me if they did. The reason why that wouldn't surprise me is because um, the uh, Deshaun Watson the quarterback of Clemson who won the national championship was getting trained by Jordan Palmer, Carson Palmer's brother. That's what he does that he trains um, quarterbacks and he's been training um, Deshaun Watson who better to know about Deshaun Watson than Jordan Palmer talking to his brother. He said, man, you guys, you should really take this kid. This kid is going to be dynamic. Now, I said this about A.J. McCarron, he really hasn't gotten a real good break, but he's been on the big stage just like Deshaun Watson. He's won national championships just like Deshaun Watson. So he's been able to deal with big-time pressure just like Deshaun Watson, wouldn't surprise me if the Cardinals take a quarterback in this position, but I'm not calling that. Larry Fitzgerald is not too long before he walks away from the game. They need someone to pick up the pieces or pick up the, the mantle as being the number one wide receiver for the for – the, uh, Arizona Cardinals. And who better to mentor a very young wide receiver than Larry Fitzgerald um, and all the vast knowledge and expertise that he can pass on before he moves on? That's why I'm taking Corey Davis from Western Michigan and putting him in the 13th pick for the Arizona Cardinals, the wide receiver. I can think he can uh, succeed. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald as the one number one wide receiver. Um, he's got all the tools, and uh, um, 
he would be a good fit in that Bruce Arians offense. Uh, let's move on to the 14th pick with 14 minutes left in the show, about four, 15 minutes left in the show. That's all right. We'll get to the end of this, guaranteed. Now you have Dak Prescott. You have Eli Manning. You have Kirk Cousins. Now, I'm not saying they're big-time quarterbacks, but you need cornerbacks to protect against the pass passing attack of the Giants, the Redskins, the Cowboys. And in that Jim Schwartz system, he likes tall, rangy corners. And we're going to go all the way down to Florida, the University of Florida, to grab a cornerback that I think the um, Philadelphia Eagles would want. Tease Tabor. That's what I think the Philadelphia Eagles were, are going to pick up in the 14th pick in the first round. Like I said, this is a defensive-minded draft. So you, you notice that, that was a 14th pick. We'll go to the 15th pick, and then I'll name off how many offensive and how many defensive players and how many defensive, I mean, offensive linemen were picked in the first 15 picks. Let's go to the Indianapolis Colts, who's got the 15th pick in this draft. The Colts needed a young they need athletic. They need corners to play opposite Vontae Davis. Like I said, you got Marcus Mariota. You got um, uh, not Andrew Luck. You got Marcus Mariota. You got um, Blake Bortles, and and those those wide receivers, Marcus Mariota, and and they're going to have wide receivers. Trust me, they got wide receivers out there. And you got uh, the Texans wide receivers. Uh, Hopkins, Miller, uh, and company. So I go to out west to a for a cornerback also cornerback, Chidobi Owazi Owuzi. I hope I pronounced his name right. From the University of Colorado. Now, let's just recap. How many defensive and how many offensive players have been picked up? Out of the first 15 picks, 11 have been on the defensive side of the ball. 11 have been on the defensive side of the ball. And of the offensive players, not one was a quarterback. Not one was a quarterback. One was, one was a, a running back. Two were wide receivers and one was a tight end. That makes it that makes a total of fifteen. Out of the top, none were a quarterback. I can't stress that enough. Number sixteen is the Baltimore Ravens and their need for speed. And who to best give them that? is one of the dynamic wide receivers that I like in this draft who ran the quickest 40 ever 
in the history of the NFL Combine for the for quickest ever in John Ross from the University of Washington. Got a big, strong-arm quarterback in Joe Flacco. He's not a Torrey Smith. I'm talking about John Ross. He's not a Torrey Smith in that he just runs a nine route, a go route, and that's it. He can run the route tree. Very quick and speedy runner, I mean speedy wide receiver that can be used in different way, different ways and different places on the uh, on the um, offensive side of the ball. And I like uh, John Ross to go to a big arm quarterback, and that would be uh, Joe Flacco. I also like him to go um, to, to to the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, he would fit in a lot of good places. And um, dynamic, big, big play wide receiver. Uh, he'll be a fan favorite, believe me, when he gets into the league and be able to showcase his talents. All right, let's go to number 17. Um, and uh, this is the one of the one of the weak points. Not the weak point, but one of the weak points of the um, or inconsistent um, points of the uh, Washington Redskins was the running back position. They need help on the offensive side of the ball in uh, wide receivers because they played wide receivers. Now they have uh, uh, Jameson Crowder, Doxson, and, and and a newly acquired Terrell Pryor for um, Kurt Cousins. Um, they have Robert Kelly and, and um, but they may need more effective running, a more effective running attack to take the pressure off of Kirk Cousins slinging the football all over the field, and that would be Dalvin Cook from the a running back from the University of uh, excuse me from Florida State University. Very explosive, like I said, take the pressure off of uh, uh, Kirk Cousins. Um, and this is a, this is the draft to do that for qu- quarterbacks that are on the edge. They're not big time quarterbacks, as in Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, just to, just to name a few. Um, so you need an effective running attack, and this is the draft to do that because I guess keep on t- stressing this 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 draft. This is the first draft I've seen this this many able-bodied running backs that can make a difference in years, years. So if you ever t- want to take a running back and 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 um, uh, protect your quarterback a little bit more against uh, making mistakes because he constantly has to throw the football, and you want to play ball control and be able to keep the ball away from the opposing offense. This is the way to do it by running the football and being conservative on offense. Um, and need, there's a lot of running backs that can do that for you. And Dalvin Cook, the second running back off the board from Florida State, in my opinion, would go to the Washington Redskins. Now we go to the um, 18th pick, which is the second pick for the Tennessee Titans, 
a, a cornerback on the backside of the defense at their other pick, which was the um, fifth pick. They picked uh, Marshawn Lattimore out of Ohio State. Well, now they're going to go to the um, um, to the West Coast and pick up a linebacker from the UCLA, Takarist McKinley, uh, putting another pass rusher um that that's a, that can be that is a uh, somewhat of a need but you never have too many too many pass rushers guy has an extremely high uh, uh, um motor and and could definitely mix in with what they have on defense right now so you get an additional uh, uh guy that's a pass rusher and also a run stopper which you need in in that AFC South. So, talking about the South, how about going to the NFC South um, and showing up that defense in Tampa Bay, who has a 19th pick? Going back to the going, staying in the state of Florida. All right, who has seen this guy more than the, and than the coaching staff and player personnel and whoever is a. Uh, um, but then the uh, uh, um, Tampa Bay, one of two teams in Florida, three teams in Florida, I should say, Tampa Bay, Jacksonville, and Miami. How about Jared Davis from the University of Florida? Hard-hitting uh, linebacker that can be flexible and put in various positions in the linebacker, linebacker uh, 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 core. Let's go on to the and – and, and this may surprise people – and there's a reason why um, this guy at number 20, who, who's got the Denver Broncos, um, who Denver Broncos got on their radar, um, is the first offensive lineman off the board. And why is the Denver Broncos taking the offensive lineman? Well, look at what the type of issues they had on the offensive line in Denver. The, Quarterbacks, whether it's Trevor Simeon or uh, Paxton Lynch, Lynch, were having issues getting protected on the offensive line because the play of the offensive line was not up to par. So they grab an offensive lineman, one of the better ones on the board. And there's not a great amount of offensive linemen that you can rely on, but Garrett Bowles, offensive tackle out of Utah, is one of them, and that's who the Denver Broncos um, pick up at the number 20th pick, 21st pick, um, which the um, Detroit Lions need help on, have needed help on for a while and still need help on, um, is a defensive end, some type of defensive pass rush. Sometimes that it could be rock solid at the point of attack, either in a run game or definitely in a pass rush. So that's why we go to the University of Michigan and pick up a defensive end called Taco Charlton for the Detroit Lions because um, they need that in this division with Aaron Rodgers. Now it's going to be Mike Glennon and then um, uh, uh, Sam Bradford. So those teams are going to be trying to run the football. Plus, quite naturally with Aaron Rodgers, you, you need somebody who can pass rush. You need, you need, you need solid D-line help. And just talk, well, Charlton can do that. 
How about going to now back down to Florida? And you need somebody who's an athletic linebacker in Miami uh, to play the type of defense Miami wants to play behind that big defensive line they have uh, with uh, Dominic Sue and company. How about Hassan Riddick, linebacker from the University of Temple? Um, one of these guys that's got a nonstop motor and is, is, uh, has a very flexible and versatile game. Number 23 is the New York Giants. The Giants had a strong defense, defensive line, and, and like. In my opinion, they still need help on that. But Eli was under pressure a lot. And they also need somebody who can block for, for uh, Paul Perkins or whoever else is in the backfield. They got rid of Rashad Jennings. They need somebody that is a very capable blocker and to be able to keep Eli, Eli Manning upright. Now, we have approximately eight or nine more picks to go. I'm going to finish this. We're probably going into overtime. I've got about a minute and a half left in the show, but I'm finishing the, the, the first round completely this, this time around. Haven't done it in the past. I want to finish it this time, and, and then we'll go on from there. So I'm thinking the New York Giants need an offensive tackle from the, one of the best schools that pushes out offensive tackles in Wisconsin, and, and the Ryan Remizic, Um I think they have to be a good fit for the uh, New York Giants. They need help on the offensive line, protect Eli, and do very uh, um, some very serious run blocking. And I think he can he's, he's capable of doing that. Let's move on to the uh, number twenty fourth pick. Uh, the offense, the uh, Raiders have one of the best offensive lines uh, in all of football, right behind or maybe even ahead in some opinions uh, of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they do need corner help, but when you have a big physical tack- tackle to groom for a bigger role down the line, you take Cam, Rob- Cam Robertson, the offensive tackle out of Alabama, and you, do, and, you, and you draft him. You can never have too many offensive linemen um, to, to rotate, to, 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 to run block, and to protect your franchise quarterback. We are in overtime now. So that's what I'm saying, that you need Cam Robinson on the uh, offensive tackle from University of Alabama. Then we go to number 25, which happens to be where my Houston Texans pick. Where do they go from here? They need offensive line help, but Cam Robinson's been taken, unless they move up, and Houston's not one of those teams that move up in a draft. Um, uh, They didn't take uh, um, Ryan Ribzik. They didn't take Garrett Bowles. Um, and those are probably the three of the best offensive linemen in the draft. And like I said, they don't move up that often, um, if at all. So what's the glaring need um, from uh, the Houston Texans? How about quarterback? Now, they may take Tony Romo if, if and when he come, becomes available. But Tony Romo is 37 years old. He's not going to be around for too much longer, maybe a year or two, if that. Why not take a, the, the most glaring need right now that the Houston Texans need, the biggest lead, as obvious has been obvious for the last three seasons that Bill O'Brien has been there, is the quarterback. 
Now, you're not going to get a quarterback, uh, and I keep saying this, you're not going to get a quarterback that's, that's going to be a day one starter for the 2017 season. You're going to get a quarterback if you want to grab one. And this would be a good time because he's late in the draft. He's number 25. That you can pick up, not any pressure from fans to put him in, right in the lineup because he's picked down in 25 to groom a year or two to make sure that he understands all the nuances as much as he can without playing what the quarterback position entails. So when he walks in there, a la Aaron Rodgers or something like that, he plays at a high level right away when he first starts. That would be Mitch Trubisky, quarterback from the University of North Carolina. All right, let's move on to the last seven picks that we have here. The next pick is the 26th pick, and it's the Seattle Seahawks. And this talk that Richard Sherman may be traded, um, there's, in my opinion, the backside of that Seattle defense is not what it used to be. They may may need younger blood back there to improve that backside. And a fast-rising cornerback who is a down-and-dirty type of quarterback, when I mean down-and-dirty, I'm talking about a blue-collar type of quarterback, from the University of Southern California, from the University of, let me put it this way, University of California, L.A., UCLA. How about Fabian Moreau going to the Seattle Seahawks? From there, we move on to the 27th pick, which happens to be the Kansas City Chiefs. And Kansas City, Kansas City needs running back. They do need running back. They do need, in my opinion, still need a wide receiver. But I think in this case, they have Alex Smith. How about grabbing a quarterback from here, a dynamic quarterback that Andy Reid can, one of those quarterback whisperers that could be very effective in the type of offense Andy Reid runs. Very athletic quarterback. How about Michael Vick? How about Donovan McNabb? How about Deshaun Watson from quarterback, uh, the quarterback from the University of Clemson, from Clemson University? How about that? And he can be groomed behind Alex Smith. And Andy Reid. I like that myself. All right, we go to the Dallas Cowboys, who are picking at 28, who have struggled in being able to get uh, consistency from the pass rush. Game from the game, week to week. Uh, year to year, Cowboys need a, to find a legit pass rusher, someone that can come off the edge and, and, and um, either stop the run or the pass, the passer, I should say. You got Eli Manning, you got Kirk Cousins, and you got Carson Wentz. You need a pass rush to get to those guys so they can't do what they do best. That's pass of football. How about Charles Harris from Missouri, a defensive end? This pick 
I really like this pick. Man, this this is this is so Green Bay who had the 29th pick, and is just sitting out there waiting for you. Some of these some of these picks, some of these players for these teams are just going to sit there and say thank you very much. I mean, it's like they would be perfectly matched to what the team wants to do on offense or defense. And this is the case with the Green Bay Packers who picked at 29th. Can you imagine what Mike McCarthy would do when he has a running back, Christian McCaffrey, from Stanford going to the Green Bay Packers? who can run the ball, catch the ball, and is an excellent returner in the special teams. I mean, that would be gold, gold to the Green Bay Packers, picking up a dynamic player like that. 4-4, four, 4-4 four, four, four speed, 4-4 four, four speed, can catch the football like a, like a wide receiver without any issue. Run in between the tackles and catch the edge. Either way. And that offense, with that quarterback and those wide receivers, wow. How about number 30 pick? Pittsburgh Steelers at number 30th. They need help on the defense. Have been for years. Not the same type of defense it was back in the heyday when they really played a, a, a serious amount of defense, they, ha- they have a prolific offense. They need defense to match what the offense can do. How about taking Tim Williams, another player from Alabama, linebacker? How about 31 with the um, Atlanta Falcons? Always looking for defensive help. They're prolific on the offensive side of the ball. Their downfall is they need help on the defensive side of the ball. Gus, um, uh, the, the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons is a defensive-minded coach, has incorporated a lot of young guys into that defense. One more won't make that much of a difference. I shouldn't say won't, they, well, won't they make that much of a difference, meaning that he's not afraid to put another young player into the defensive mix. How about T.J. Watt, a linebacker from Wisconsin? Can, can rush the edge and also is, it, it, it can rush the edge, uh, let me put it this way, can be effective in, in, in defending the running game and can also be an effective pass rusher. Um, with the, with the, the players, with the quarterbacks, excuse me, with the quarterbacks that are in this uh, division, you need somebody that, and the running backs also, you need somebody that can – um, play the run game and also uh, rush the passer. And that's T.J. Watt, linebacker from Wisconsin. And last but not least, normally you would have the Green Bay Packers, but they traded away their 32nd pick along with others to get uh, a Brandon Cooks. So that was taken up by the uh, New Orleans Saints. Uh, this is their second pick in the thir- uh, first round. Um, and they go on the defensive side of the ball again, and they take a cornerback. They need Defensive help in the worst way. They need defensive help in the worst way. They were one of the worst defenses over the last few years in the NFL. 
Why do you think Drew Brees has those astronomical numbers? Because he always had to score 30 and 40 points to win because the defense was allowing that amount of points for the most part each and every game. So he needed to shore up the defense. When they won the Super Bowl, um, New Orleans had a very good defense to go along with their prolific offense. That's not the case, and they have to, they're trying to get back to that. So that's why I'm saying they take Adoree Jackson, the cornerback from University of Southern Cal. All right. That ends my drag, my, 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 my mock draft 3.0 for the month of March. Um, next weekend, next Sunday, will be uh, the uh, first Sunday of uh, April, believe it or not. And um, we'll see you back then. 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is what, um, I, where I'll be. And uh, we'll be talking about more news and notes um, on, in sports. Um, maybe not so much the um, NFL. Um, we'll definitely be talking about the championship game by, by – uh, or who would possibly go to the championship game. <clears throat> and uh, whatever else happens to come up that is newsworthy in sports. That being said, I appreciate you listening to listening to me. And uh, enjoy your week. Be safe. And we'll talk to you uh, next week. Also, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Thursday FSP Cruise Show. I host Jeff, the co-host. And it's Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time will be the FSP Show. Vic Gardner hosts that, and I, along with uh, I, uh, co-host that. And quite naturally, I say it again: the master plan, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, every Sunday morning. That being said, see ya. <laughs>